The upstate of South Carolina is filled with many individuals, businesses, and organizations that are collectively helping to shape the upstate as a leading place to live, learn, do business, and raise a family. My name is Dean Hebel, and I'm the executive director of Ten at the Top, a regional nonprofit organization with the mission of fostering collaboration and partnerships around issues that impact economic vitality and quality of life. Thank you for joining me for Upstate Gems, our podcast where I chat with upstate influencers to learn about their journey and how they are making a difference in the upstate. I am delighted to be joined today for this session by Derek Davis, the CEO of IntelliNet, an IT company located here in upstate South Carolina. Derek, welcome to Upstate Gems. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. So, Derek, we're going to tackle one of the big uh, issues uh, being faced today, and that is cybersecurity. But before we get into that, I'd like to start by uh, learning a little bit more about kind of your career journey and how you got to where you are with IntelliNet, and, and then a little bit about IntelliNet and what you all do. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, I've been at this for over 30 years. Um, and started in back in the back in the old days of IBM mid-range computers, AS 400s, and things like that. In application development, moved up into management um, after several years and ran IT departments for a while. And I always saw uh, businesses that needed the type of expertise that an internal IT department could bring, uh, but don't have the don't have the financial means to do that. Don't don't have the financial means to hire a full time person or full time staff. Uh, but they still need the tools and still need the management capabilities. So we started in Telenet twenty years ago, um, with the intent of providing that kind of service to small businesses. Um, and back then it was relatively simple. I mean, we would get in our car and drive to wherever our customer was and help fix whatever problems that they were having with their computers. But uh, times have changed, the landscape of our business has changed. And over time, we started dealing more and more with people having viruses and pop-ups and stuff like that. Now it's a full-fledged warfare to keep our customers' networks safe and uh, make sure that they can continue to operate if something does happen. So um, you're exactly right. I mean, it seems like every day there's, uh, you know, challenges that all of us have to, to make sure that we are paying attention to of people trying to, um, you know, do something nefarious as it relates to getting into your computer or to your banking records or whatever it might account. be your banking account, certainly, you know, all of those things. And some are certainly through the computer, others through telephones and kind of a combination of all those things. But, you know, for you all at IntelliNet, um, you know, you, as you mentioned, you guys, um, you know, provide services to organizations, small businesses like ours that don't have the ability for a, an IT person. You know, in the old days, when we talked to the IT person, they'd say, just turn it off and turn it back on. And, <laughs> and that seemed to fix just about half of the issues. Yeah. Now, certainly, you know, with all the different programs and things, you know, forget the whole cybersecurity issue. I mean, it's a challenge 
just in general with all the different programs. But in the last five years, as you mentioned, the cybersecurity attacks seem to have increased. How for a company like yours, it is still relatively small. How are you uh, keeping up? We'll talk a little bit about some of the specific kind of attacks and things in a minute, but how do you keep up with kind of the landscape of it, you and your team, so you can be um, abreast of what is going on as it relates to to attacks and cybersecurity? You know, what is the training or ways you guys keep updated on what's happening? So the, the, the obvious answer for part of that is we keep our heads in the technology news uh, all the time. And we're constantly sending each other articles where we uh, see new information that we thought, feel like needs to be shared. Um, but then the second part about just, just knowing about a threat or something that needs to be known is, is only part of it. Um, you know, how do we react to something like that? And so we belong to some industry best practices uh, groups where we share that among people across the country that have similar businesses to ours so that we, we all kind of learn the new techno techniques and um, things that we need, to do, we need to do to protect our customers. So um, while we are friendly competitors with a lot of these folks, we also, we also learn a lot from each other. We know that as an industry, we have a huge responsibility to protect um, our customers to the best of our ability. And you know, nobody wants to see anybody go out of business because they had a, a cyber attack happen to them. So um, we're constantly learning from each other, uh, staying on top of the news, uh, our vendors that we work with uh, provide tons of feedback in terms of things that they're seeing. So uh, as an industry, um, from that level, very collaborative. We're also competitive, but very collaborative as well. And I, I guess you would, would have to be, you know, almost like creating your own repository of this is something we've seen. Be mm -hmm. on the watch out for that. I mean, it is. And, and it is dynamic and changing. Um, you know, I, we've had uh, conversations recently around this issue where people, have, you know, asked why would people spend the time and energy on it? And the, the obvious answer is that it's lucrative uh, or can be very lucrative, but it can also be, it seems to me, uh, I mean, it's amazing that the lengths some will go. We had just, you know, here in our organization, uh, a situation a couple months ago where one of our uh, partners was getting emails that they thought were coming from me telling mm -hmm. them to reroute where their payment would go mm -hmm. uh, for their invoice. Mm -hmm. And what we found out through the help of one of your guys was that uh, someone had put a cookie or whatever onto to my um, system where those emails to that particular one partner went to, to them first and sh didn't show up in my main inbox. And so they could have a direct conversation that I only found out about because that person called me to yeah. talk about the supposed conversation that we mm -hmm. had had. So, I mean, that seems to be an awful lot of, of effort over what would have been, I mean, a decent amount of money, but not certainly game-changing 
funds yeah. for anyone. You know, why, you know, what's the landscape that people are going to that level of length to try to, to um, you know, dupe uh, folks out of resources and, and have various kinds of cyber, cyber attacks? Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things we need to talk about. First of all, the folks that are perpetrating these, these cyber attacks are a lot of them are in foreign countries. A lot of them have more than enough time to just sift through information and try to cobble together enough information to, to uh, create an attack. Um, and in, in a lot of cases we see, it may be several months after someone has a problem on their computer before somebody takes that information and tries to use it against you. So um, in our industry, we call that dwell time. For example, when, when does an attack happen versus how long does it take before something bad happens as a result of that? Uh, and it can, be, it can be a few days, it can be a few months. So there's plenty of time um, to, to use the information that is, is gathered from people. Um, and it is lucrative. So, and I say that because a lot of the, a lot of the tricks that these guys use have basically automation built into them so that they're not sitting there necessarily, you know, one person just hitting a keyboard all day long. A lot of this is happening, you know, they have computers that are spitting out viruses and stuff like that. So it's a lot of automated processes they have in place that attempt to infiltrate. Um, so the cost for getting, you know, information from one person can actually be relatively small for them. So it doesn't cost them a lot of money. They go after you if they get, you know, a thousand dollars out of you. It's a, it's a, that's a big number to them. Maybe if they get $50,000 out of them, you know, they're, they've made their day. Right. Um, so it's, you know, you might think that a small business would not be a big target for these guys, uh, but in a lot of cases, small businesses are perfect targets for these guys because generally have small, lower protection levels. Um, you know, they don't have a full-time IT staff that's, you know, running interference for them. So they're, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, the person that's running it is unsophisticated and doesn't mind, you know, if, if, they, if they see an email, they think it's legit, they'll click on a button. So um, education is important for us. Prevention is important. Identifying a threat is important. Um, so, you know, and we're taking care of dozens of companies across the upstate. So, you know, we're like an IT company. We're like an IT department for you know, thousands of people all at one time. Right. And, and so let's talk a, about a couple of kind of the maybe tips or things people can watch. And you mentioned, you know, clicking on emails. You know, I get probably every day or every couple of days, either to my personal or my work email, uh, now an in something that says invoice. Here is mm -hmm. your invoice. Mm -hmm. And it's for something I know I didn't buy. It doesn't even tell me what it was I bought. So, you know, it's it, for me, I, I'm fairly, you know, adept enough that over time I've figured out that's not 
uh, probably something that's legitimate. So I don't mm -hmm. click on it. But I also know that there's been cloning of, you know, of logos for PayPal or, or major banks or things of that nature. And mm -hmm. obviously, if you don't, you know, if, if it comes from Bank of America and you don't bank with Bank of America, then it's probably pretty easy to figure yeah. out that that's not legitimate. But mm -hmm. for some people, especially those who are either, you know, going very quickly through things or maybe are, are older or younger and, and don't know to, to check that, you know, that there are red flags in those things, you mm -hmm. know, it, it, it really, they look legitimate enough. Mm -hmm. What are mm -hmm. some tips or maybe things that someone can pay attention to uh, that, that might lead them to believe that it, something is, is not coming from, you know, the source that it says it's mm -hmm. coming from. So the, the thing that the easiest thing to look at in an email, for example, is not the name at the top of the email, but the email address that may be beside it. You may have to open the email to see that depending on what uh, piece of software you're using to look at email. Um, but if something comes from Bank of America, if something says Bank of America, but you look at the email and it's coming from some uh, email address that is not bankofamerica.com, you know, you've got to, you've got to look at that and make a, make a decision. That's not actually from Bank of America. It may say Bank of America at the top, but it, you know, if you look at it and it's from a, a string of garbledy characters or whatever, you know, you, you, you got to realize that that's not legitimate. Mm -hmm. And I would tell my, uh, my friends and customers you always have to have your antenna up and you always have to err on the side of no. You have to it, we, you have to say no a lot before you say yes to opening an email or especially clicking on a link that's inside of an email. And is that especially true, Derek, if it's something that is not uh, solicited? I mean, if, you know, like say Bank America of America is my bank, but I didn't reach out to them and they send me an email like, you know, with proprietary, you know, that would say your account is, uh, you know, is overdrawn or, mm -hmm, or X mm -hmm. or Y, you know, they don't typically do those kind of things, right? right. I mean, they're yeah. different mechanisms that those most of those companies use, as yeah. opposed to that kind of outreach. Yeah, there's, there's some behavior that banks are not going to participate in, they're not going to send you an email that says, um, you know, your, your account is overdrawn, you know, um, that's going to come in the mail. Right? <laughs> um, I got a phone call yesterday that said my social security number has been hacked. And, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> the, the, the social security administration is not going to call me and say my social security number has been hacked, which I don't know what that means, but Right. So what they would want you to do is enter your social security number yeah. so they can then have it, right? Because yeah. mm -hmm. that's how they would, would get to, you know, say, well, enter your social security number. So, yeah. um, you know, now what, you know, what about for, especially for seniors who, mm -hmm. you know, are from a generation where, you know, people would call and it was legitimate and, and things like that. And now they're not, how do you kind of teach or or train someone, uh, and especially someone who's in a vulnerable uh, population, um, you know, not to 
to you know give in to and i hear things about gift cards um, yeah. you know where they ask for gift cards and stuff how i mean is it just as you said before just you know if in doubt say no i mean is yeah. that the safest yeah and i you know this may sound a little uh, interesting i guess to some folks but if you get an email from a friend that says i need you to do a favor for me and go buy a gift card don't reply to the email pick up the phone and call them you know and 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 believe me i've seen people that have entered into email conversation back and forth with these guys and they wanted to go buy a, a google gift or google play gift card at the store and scratch off the the back of it and send them a picture of the code on the back of it well that money is gone at that point right so before you do anything for anybody verbally talk to somebody make sure that it's a legitimate person Make sure that it's your your friend that's actually asking you to do something, um, especially if something is out of character. You know, that's 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 kind of the radar flag that I have is, you know, Dean's not going to call me and or Dean's not going to send me an email and say, go buy a gift card for one of my employees and I'll pay you back later. You know, that's not that's not something you would do. And. You know, especially if it's somebody that, you know, well, just pick up the phone and call them and say, hey. Here's what I got. So, right. And that's just we're just covering the 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 very the very most basic parts of what cybersecurity is all about. Um, and we, you know, companies that need help with stuff like that need to engage a company like ours. Uh, there's dozen there's a dozen or so companies in Greenville that could help. We'd love to help, but. Um, you know that it's a it's a complex topic. I was telling somebody today, it's not something you, you can put in a paragraph. Um, there's a lot of there's, and there's a lot of different sources of malicious things these days. So, right. And and so before we wrap up, I was going to ask you kind of about you know the the technology piece and and, and the you know back end what what is needed you know for for um you know. In either an individual or for a, a company that has several computers, um, you know, are you know, there's I, I know there's Norton and there's all these others, but what do you recommend, um, you know, for someone who wants to at least get somewhat secure? And then also as it relates to the cloud, how yeah. secure is that <clears throat> for for someone? Mm -hmm. So. Um... Couple of things. Let me start with the cloud because a lot of people's email is in the cloud. Um, we would recommend two-factor authentication for your email account so that you have to get a PIN code or some kind of authorization from your, you know, from a third device like a phone or something like that before you could access your email. It's a pain. It, I spend all day long doing two-factor authentication, um, but it's a necessary evil in today's world. Um, the second, the first part of your question, which I'll answer now is the, the security measures that you put in place need to be kept up to date and they need to be able to report issues to a third party. And we use what's called a security operations center to monitor, uh, suspicious activity so that if, um, 
if your antivirus picks up a program that's going that's doing something wrong, it sends that information to our security operations center. Not, you know, it, it can't just sit there and, and pop us pop something up on your screen, but it needs to alert uh, a central authority. So the products that we use all talk to a security operations center. Um, we, you know, we can monitor things like, in your case, a forwarding rule was set up in your email that you didn't know about it. We would know about that. Um, so that's <clears throat> that's something that we would we would look for, and we have ways of detecting it. Um, you know, so that's if your antivirus picks up that a program is doing something that it shouldn't do, we would get an alert about that rather than just maybe a pop-up on your screen that you would ignore. So that's kind of, you know, where we are in this cybersecurity business is we're, we're monitoring people's networks, their emails, uh, firewalls, uh, just to make sure that anything that happens, we get an alert if there's an issue that seems out of, out of normal. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting what you said about, you know, the double security measures and things like that. It, it seems like our choices are to either be uh, inconvenienced on the front end or inconvenienced on the back end. And yeah. certainly while inconvenience on the front end, we notice you know, every day and mm -hmm. maybe, you know, complain about, gosh, I can't remember that password or this password or whatever. The reality is it's still much better uh, to have that inconvenience than to have the inconvenience on the back end of someone's taking your, uh, mm -hmm. all your information or your, your bank account or whatever right. it might be. So, yeah. you know, I guess it's just the, the level of, of tolerance uh, <laughs> yeah. that we can handle for, for those things. Yeah. So, you know, Derek, thanks for, for this part of the conversation. You're exactly sure. right. We could go on for days on this particular <laughs> topic. It is, uh, it is definitely something that is very um, timely and will continue mm -hmm. to, to be, um, you know, can, can you just share before we get into the rapid fire, uh, the, uh, website address at IntelliNet if someone wants to reach out sure. directly to you? Yeah, our website is um, IntelliNet-SC.com, and that's spelled I-N-T-E-L-L-I-N-E-T-SC.com. And as I said, uh, we've worked with you and your team for a number of years, and you guys do a, a wonderful job in, in keeping us uh, uh, updated and knowing these kind of things. And so, you know, it, it is something that what I've, you know, in, in other discussions with uh, experts in that field, you know, that no company is too small to have uh, uh, to work with a IT company mm -hmm. like yours. In fact, as you said, you're set up uh, mm -hmm. to work with small businesses. So it definitely uh, gives a little bit more comfort, even though things can happen and slip through that, that you don't uh, know about, but we got it fixed very quickly. And they yep. found out the person just for uh, information's sake was from Toronto. So mm -hmm. very interesting. And, uh, and, and we got that figured out. So Derek, we're going to finish <laughs> with a couple rapid sure. fire questions. I'm going to ask you a question and, you know, five to 10, 15 second answers, you know, not a lot of thinking on it. So um, the first one is, what is something you learned or still use today from a mentor 
or a past colleague? Um, I think the biggest thing that I would say is lead by example. Um, I have a servant attitude about my work and try to instill that in my, in my employees. Who is someone uh, that you can count on being a good partner for collaborating and forming partnerships? Uh, 10 at the top. <laughs> good answer. All right. We've, we've trained we, you well we, on that one. Well, I mean, you guys are um, great at helping disseminate information that's critical in the upstate. Um, I think that's an important role that you play. So great. So if you were emperor for a day, what is one thing about your job or sector that you would change? Man, if I could make all the bad guys go away, our job is difficult enough as it is without that, but um, that just adds an extra layer of stress and un it's unnecessary. Amen. Um, what is one thing you want to make sure you accomplish before your career is over? Wow. <laughs> you know, the, the one thing that I enjoy more than anything else is, is two things, problem solving and learning new things. And I'm in a great field to just, that, that's a daily task for me. And the last one, we always hear people talking about what keeps them up at night, but what about your job gets you up in the morning? Well, I tell you what, this is a, it's a fun business to be in. I mean, it's stressful at times. Um, I don't feel like I've had a real job for the last 20 years. This is almost like, you know, when you work, when you work in a company like this, you're learning something new every day. You're dealing with different people every day. Just, a, just, you know, something to look forward to every day. Great. So um, again, Derek, thank you. We're going to close with that. I want to okay. th thank you and then thank everyone for joining us for this ed edition of Upstate Gems. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure and like us on your podcast app and tell your friends. You can also check out the 10th The Top podcast channel for new episodes of Upstate Gems, as well as our other podcasts, Start, Grow, Upstate and the Upstate Mobility Alliance.